welcome to where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views, they are amazing. Is that what you've mastered? Code switching? Is that something to be proud of? The last I checked, the people that seem to be in power, I don't see them code switching. They make it real clear. This is our code. We'll die for it. We'll fight for it. We'll bleed for it. What would happen if we did the same? Everybody's asking what's next. What do we do now? What happened from this moment? What would happen from this moment if you decided this is my code and I'm going to die for it. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to bleed for it. And I'm going to encourage everybody else around me to operate in their code. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I'm your moderator, B. Jones, and we just got that hot fire. Hold on, man. I guarantee you that wasn't loud enough. Oh, no, it's not supposed to be. Oh, See, okay. that's why I said Ian's going to flip it over top of that. He just got a reference point for the timing and everything. Got you. Okay. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah. I messed it all up. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Welcome, Coach K, or, or artist formerly known as, I should say, motivationalist, formerly known as Coach K. What's going on? Uh, I'm good, man. How y'all doing? I missed y'all last week. Seemed like it's been, it, is it just me or does it seem like the weeks just seem like they're just longer and longer? Like last week just seemed like it was so far away and next week seemed like it's far away too. I don't know. I feel like depending on what's going on for the week, it either goes by super fast or super slow. So, and last week, yeah, I could say it was one of the slower weeks for me, but the week before I feel like it was Monday and then it was, it was Sunday. The weekend dragged for me, but yeah, the weekend was, was way too fast. I feel like Friday was Friday, Monday. Faison, what's going on, man? What happened on your weekend? It was just long. Like fr Friday, we went to uh, Six Flags and that was amazing. Um, so it's a, uh, Six Flags in Georgia is cool for all my ATLians out there. It, it's good, but it's not as good as uh, Jersey. So, sorry. Okay. No way. Nowhere near. Um, it's smaller. It's just, it's just a rise. It's just the capacity of local service versus here. It's not the same. Um, but, the, but it was nice. It's way too hilly, though. There's a lot of hills in the Six Flags. Like, it's like I was I, – I walked for 14,000 steps. I feel like I earned – Every single one of those 14,000 steps going to that theme park on Friday. Um, so it was, it was cool. And then Saturday kind of went uh, first live. We had fireworks. Sunday was way too fast. And then Monday came back. And I was like, man, I missed the whole weekend. Like, I guess when you're having, when you have kids who are, you know, of the age of two, four, five, like you don't get that, that holiday, I want to sleep in, I want to just relax and <laughs> relax kind of thing. That's gone. So it was, I was looking forward to Saturday morning waking up at, you know, maybe nine o'clock if I'm lucky. Um, and it wound up being 6.15. I woke up. <laughs> so you woke up or it. they woke you up? They woke me up. Knocking on the door, got in. Hey, daddy, what's up? And I was just like, but we didn't go to bed last night until like 10. Doesn't matter. The ball mm -hmm. energy woke up and they were ready to go. So there was no getting back in bed. Hey, let's watch TV in bed. Nah, not daddy. I'm going to go downstairs. Dang. <laughs> All right, here we go. So that was it. <laughs> Let's get it. DJ, what's happening, man? All good, baby. All good. 
How was your weekend? I can't, I can't get in that. Everything seems like one long day for me, one short day for me. Like, if it's Monday and then it's Friday, the weekend, you try to get things done, and then it's Monday again, all over again. They feel like the last month has been a, about a week itself. Mm. I feel you, man. And I have to, I have to remind myself today to not get caught into that rut and that moving, you know, similarly to like before this whole coronavirus situation happened, but just starting to get pulled back in to just going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing um, as life and really taking time and considering what you're doing, like uh, paying attention to the things that are around you, not just getting caught up in, I got so much stuff to get done in a limited amount of time, like really being uh, strategic with that time, so to speak. You know what? I think I just realized what part of it is. The sun here comes up at 515 and it goes down about 835. Not here. Sense days are way too long here, man. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm used to, we're in Jersey it was like, okay, yeah, we can, um, like we would put the boys to bed, 7.30, 8 o'clock, like it was getting dark. Now, 7.30, 8 o'clock, like the sun's at its peak. I'm like, it's, it feels crazy. And I'm like, the boys like, daddy, the sun's up. I'm like, I know, but it's 7.30 or 8 o'clock. You got to go to bed. So it's crazy. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but we're, we're at the height of summertime. Remember, summer solstice was June 22nd. So that's the longest day. So... Everything should be getting short from here and out. Unfortunately, that that was late nights until time change. That's what we're going. Yeah, I, I don't even want to hear about that because that means that the cold is coming back. That there you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> winter is coming. Sorry about that. Sorry, change the change the subject. Change the subject. So, sorry for your luck, sir. Sorry for your luck. Well, let's get right. back to the intro, man. Let's get back to the intro. Morpheus came on last week on the, the break room. If you haven't checked it out, it's episode one fifty seven, the red or the blue pill and drop some major, major fire as far as this code switching thing is concerned, man. And I wanted to start there because I think there's several things that you talked about in that episode that we really got to be mindful of uh, when it comes to our work environments and just that that learned code switching because it it's not just as an adult that you find yourself in these situations. We find ourselves learning to code switch at an early age, um, right. especially, you know, if you're well, for me personally, being uh, educated in non-diverse uh, school systems and being moved around as a military kid for a very long time, and that societal pressure just to fit in as a kid, you know, once it's there, it sticks with you, man. Yep, I agree. Um, but does that make it right, though? Should should you should you have had to switch as a child, or should you have been encouraged? To just be who you are, and then no, it's, it's, it's and a then, survival mechanism. It's what it, we were taught early on. Is a survival mechanism instead of using it as a tool, and unfortunately, we we encumber that and make that a daily part of everything that we do. But we shouldn't be in that survival mode, as as you pointed out. We, if we're in our environment and something we do, if we're a knowledgeable person, why should we have to be in survival mode? Everybody should be contouring themselves to to fit with what we got, what we bring to the table. And I hear you, but I think that it's a little bit bigger than that. I don't think there should be, there shouldn't be any real contouring. You know what I'm saying? There should be etiquette, you know what I'm saying? Respect, 
you know, decorum. But each individual person should be able to be their individual selves and not encumber upon the next person or put the next person in a less than type of situation. And it's unfortunate that, you know, society kind of rewards the code switch or has rewarded it for so long, which is why I think that we're in such a heightened state or the precarious state that we're in right now and showing signs of coming out of. And you just hit it. And, and that for me is like, we wear it like a badge of honor. Like who? That's what I wanted to hit back on. Uh, Cause you mm -hmm. mentioned somebody else speaking on it on mm -hmm. another podcast and we won't have to get into specifics, but what exactly were they, what were they saying? Um, Man, look, I don't have a problem putting it out there. It went on a podcast. It was, it was during one of the Juneteenth celebrations that we were, that we hosted, that we were part of, that we moderated. And I saw it in the comments, people saying, yeah, we, we code switch and that's what makes us so great. And blah, blah, blah. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, uh, no, that's not what makes us great. That's what makes us, we're so behind right. trying to, trying to, uh, code switch to everybody else as opposed to, hey, this is who we are. And, and that, that's part of why you can't blame white folks all the time for not understanding our struggle because we hide our struggle. Mm -hmm. We hide our identity and who we are. So there's no way they're not going to know. It's not in the history book. When they meet us, we don't talk about it. So it doesn't exist. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, surprise. Yeah, we got all this stuff going on. Oh my gosh, really? I just thought it was just the people that I see on TV. No, it's us too. Yeah, mm. man, I think that the time that we live in, it's, it's very important, you know, when you're given those opportunities, like you were at your employer, to make it real um, and, and start to get out of what has been the cost of this code switching for such a long time. Um, taking advantage of the opportunities for people who are in, you know, the boardrooms and C-suites and have those ears to really drive change. The people that are in the political arenas and, you know, any places of leadership, you know, I think the call is to them as much as it is for the everyday person to really bring awareness and bring action, you know, to that, similar to what you got from the, the NFAC over the weekend. So before we go there, I just want to point out, look, it's not just government. It's not just employment. We code switch for relationships. We coach it, code uh, switch for friendships. And it's, it just becomes a, a natural behavior that we exhibit. And my thing is, look, just what is your code? Stick to it. And the things that are for you will gravitate to you. The people that are for you will gravitate to you. And that's it. Go where you're appreciated, not where you're tolerated. So when you when you think about in that spectrum, do you guys think also that that's kind of a sense of uh, it, it, you hit it? I, I can't remember exactly the the verbiage you use, but basically you're you're leading people on. You're giving people a false sense of who you are, so you're not really being truthful. Um, Again, it, again, business, whatever people do it for, for gain and uh, entry into a, to the, at the table, to sit at the table, whatever. But again, when you talk about personal relationships, friendships, you're, you're basically using people if, if you break it down, if, you, if you're just using it for personal gain, right? So mm -hmm. is that, 
and I, I don't want to play a fair card versus not fair because that's not really the conversation. But it really is how how sincere are you? How truthful are you in your intentions? Whatever the progress you tend to, intend to make, and when and when do you when you become your when you show your true side? Can you be can you be held for your um your actions in the past? Should you be held accountable for those actions because you weren't truthful? I don't know. Hmm. This is something that Mary, I, I've been thinking about it since you since you I read that listened to that earlier in the week. So, so I'm gonna ask you to repeat just the last portion of that because I had some craziness going on. It was a random video started playing, so I kind of missed uh, a part <laughs> of your thought. But what was the question? <laughs> so when I, the basically boils down to so if you're if you're code switching and let's take it out out of business, let's say friendships, relationships, things like that. When it comes down to that. Will you, should you be held accountable um, for those instances where people don't know the true you? If, if somebody then ends a friendship or that relationship, whatever it may be, are you the one that should be held responsible for it? Or, but what we tend to do is just say they can't handle the real me. Well, no, you never showed them the real you. And that's exactly why you end up being the one responsible for that. It's just hard for people to take accountability and responsibility for their own mess. Um, but once you realize, uh, and I think we all, I don't know. I know I went through a process of maturation. And during that process, you know, like Carol say, the people who are for you, they gravitate towards you. The people who are not, they'll find themselves removed or you'll remove yourself. So, you know, along that process, that's when that accountability kind of starts to come around. I think once you start looking at yourself, the things that are happening, not happening, or the situations that you find yourself in, it only makes sense that it's, you know, your surrounding playing a major role in that. So what does your surrounding exactly. look like? Exactly. You know? You hit it on so, the head. I, I think the accountability piece happens to you and you don't know what's happening. Right. Because all of a sudden you, you, you're, you know, you're doing your thing, you're code switching with the, the best of them. And you have this group of people that's your friends or whatever. And you look around, you're like, man, what am I doing with these bums? These exactly. For me. <laughs> <laughs> and it might not necessarily be that they bums, but you're just asking yourself, what am I gaining from this situation? You know what I'm saying? It's like, like to me, I talk about the maturity or maturation, you know, at some point, those things either become tired or you realize that that is just not yourself. You're not feeding yourself. So you, you gravitate to those things that mm -hmm. nourish your body, your soul, your mind. Is that, is that like considered like you just kind of outgrow that environment and you got to be able to know when it's time for you to, to move forward? Kind of a I think you outgrow environments when the switch gets broken and you get tired of switching in a certain scenario. So you might code switch to a different scenario. Hopefully you would just switch to who you are and just leave it at that. And then next thing you know, you have longevity and you have um, long established relationships, long established goals, as opposed to you get these little short spurts of, Oh, I got these pretty cool relationships. And then, okay, now I don't even talk to these people anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? All, all of a sudden I got this job that I thought I wanted or I'm making this money and then I still, I'm still not, I'm not happy. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a piece of it. I also think that, you know, sometimes people just literally end up changing themselves to like fit into certain scenarios. You know, it's 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 the cool thing to do, you know, that's so, that societal pressure. So in that in that regard, I think that there is I don't know. I think that's a a little bit different situation. It's not necessary. It's maturity, but it's not just outgrowing, you know what I'm saying, those people. It's really under, like, you knew you weren't really vibing with those people to begin with, but you did it anyway because it was easier in some regards until you got home and you got to look at, look at yourself in the mirror or you got to spend some time with yourself and you just start realizing, yeah, this just doesn't sit well with me. And so at that yeah. point, that's where I think that switch is broken or the code switch stops because then, yeah, you do outgrow them, but you put yourself in a bad situation or a situation that you didn't really want to be in from the jump. Yeah. yeah. And don't get me wrong. I think especially for kids and people that are trying to find their way, I don't necessarily think that they code switch, but I think they do things to help shape their identity, to help find who they are. I think that's totally different. But when you're a grown person and you still right. code switching, that's, mm. yeah. When that's when that's your skill, that's a problem. Yeah. So, <laughs> no shout outs to the code switches there. Back to the NFAC. So you're, you're, you're a professional pathological liar. Got it. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Put a nice little ribbon on that one. Uh, so over the weekend, man. And yeah. if you're trying to figure out who you are, we got something to help you with that too, but we'll come back to that later on. <laughs> More to consulting, baby. Go ahead, plug. You got it. You didn't interrupt me three times already. Go ahead, DJ. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. That was a perfect plug, though. <laughs> <laughs> all good, all good. So you going to uh, pull out the cord or you, or you just going to... I'm done. Or you got an iPhone charger with no cable. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my computer started chopping up. Sorry, I, I didn't even catch whatever was just said. <laughs> I'm doing a replay. <laughs> Never mind. Keep going, Brett. NAFC. <laughs> NFAC. 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 Football season ain't quite here yet. Uh, over the weekend, man, huge demonstration in Stone Mountain, uh, Georgia. Mm-hmm. You got what I feel like a heavy response uh, to the cost of, of code switching over the weekend. And I personally think that there needs to be a lot more attention being given to these types of efforts um, to start these types of groups in our respective corners of our states or whatever, uh, because I think it's very important um, as we continue to realize who we are, the special gifts that we have, and how much power we wield, we're going to have to protect it. Um, and we're going to have to be trained physically as well as mentally, because I, I read a few um, of the articles and watched a couple of videos. And although they weren't, they were somewhat inciting trouble. They weren't necessarily like, you know, guns blazing, going out and say, I'm, I'm just going to shoot any and every white person or white militant, you know, that comes around. Uh, but a strategic show mm-hmm. of strength, not necessarily mm-hmm. force to let you know that we are here and we are here for a reason. I'm going to get you guys' take on it. So, so for one, I, w- I want to make sure the listeners know what we're talking about. So it's basically a black militia group is what they call themselves in, um, as Brett said, Stone Mountain, Georgia. At least that's where they were. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure all those folks might not be from Stone Mountain, but uh, and they basically marched into a heavily um, recognized Ku Klux Klan area, uh, loaded down, dressed in all black, and and basically were calling out um, white militia groups and the Klan, saying, "Hey, you know, we're 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 in your area. Where you at?" Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to come out looking for us. Here we are. What's up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 nothing uh, came of it. I don't think. But what was funny is that I, I was under the impression that the Ku Klux Klan started in Indiana, and they were basically saying that that area is where the Klan um, was birthed from, mm-hmm. and, and one of their strongholds for a long time, and that's why they chose to go there. So that was a, I thought that was pretty interesting, but as far as what happens next, you know, man, I, I, I'm always going to ear on the side of we need a better plan because that's just one little group mm-hmm. taken out real quick. And I look, I wouldn't doubt if they're trying to identify who some of these folks are. And if you start hearing random stuff is just happening, people missing this, that, the other. I mean, look, we already got, I've heard of more people being lynched, AKA committing suicide in the last three months than I have in the last probably five years, 10 years. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a response. Mm -hmm. And my fear is that when the response comes, Will we be ready? Will the same energy be there ready and available to act? Mm. And also note, these folks, when I say these folks, these white folks, been stockpiling weapons for a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's unfortunate. I think we would absolutely find ourselves, I personally think we find ourselves on the short end of that stick. Um, but to your point, there's got to be a lot of strategery involved um, because although this is a great showing, you know, this is just one militia in one small city in the whole entire country. Um, to recreate that model, you know, there have to be tactical trainings and weapons mm-hmm. and courses and, right. again, right. that mental stability because you can't just get out there because you want to be t- gun-toting Johnny um, and not understand the responsibility and the uh, caution that has to come along with that. Like you got to be a calm mind and be able to react in a proper way when situations kind of, you know, go awry or whatnot. And that, that would be what I would be most worried about without that proper training and understanding of situations and strategery. Um, you know, things get blown up fairly, fairly quickly. So part of that, there was another video that started surfacing about last week, uh, the beginning of last week, and they were in Georgia as well. It wasn't Stone Mountain per se. I, gotta, I need to go back and look. But the gentleman was there. They actually were in response to um, Confederate, white, left side, right side. I, at this point in time, I don't know who, what side the people are coming from because there are people coming out the woodwork right now. Um, but they were in response to all black. Um, but the guy who was talking, I, I can't say he was the leader, but the one who was talking was they're starting their group organization to educate 
about because even though Georgia is an open carry state, if you're a mm-hmm. resident, it's an open carry, right? If you're if you're passing through there, concealed carry is the only thing that that would be honored. Um, but they're they're getting people armed, but also educating about mm-hmm. how to respond, when to respond, and what are the ramifications of that. Um, so that's the route that has to has to occur. No matter if we're talking about in mass quantity or we're talking about locally with your friends and your family that's one of the steps i personally now believe that we have to be ready for and and thinking about that means what does it mean to to obtain your concealed carry weapons license in your state what are the laws that govern it what what is how do you protect yourself how do, how do you um govern yourself when you're out and about or need to respond because um he made he made a statement um that the police are not crime fighters. They're responding to crime. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the part that made me think like, you know what, that's that's a lie we've been told all these years. Then 99% of the time, they're not crime, they're not fighting crime, they're responding to the crime that already occurred. So when the crime is happening, whether it's against your person, against your property, against your what well, your family, whatever the case may be, that's when the crime is happening right there. So what do you know your rights? Do you know how to to properly hold and conceal and and when you can and where you when you, and where you can't go with a concealed carry license? These are all things we need to educate people on. And I guarantee you, let and I, I think we made a comment on here before. Let all blacks start joining the NRA, getting their concealed carry license and start going to all the gun shows too and start buying up stuff. There are going to be some quick gun law changes around here. There are going to be some quick things in action in, resort, in response to it. But once you're educated, that's the part where you can make things happen and, and build the community and support each other in the process. I think that that is the, and you always go back to that process. And I think that's the kicker is, is going out to those, those shows, getting, getting yourself to NRA. My, um, the person who lived here before I moved into this, this place here, um, I was a Republican, hardcore, you know, everything is there. So I'm getting all, all the mail, that, the magazines that are coming in, and I'm waiting for him to come pick them up there in the corner. But I'm reading all that mail because I need to know what's being said on the opposite side of the, the platform. I think people don't understand that ability to actually, to like just listen. Listen and read and see what's going on so you can know. Like, so I'm getting the NRA magazine. I'm getting all those. I can read that now and say, wow, okay, let me it makes sense maybe go sign up for that so I can be a part of that process to understand it and see that picture and not infiltrate, but you got to get into, into it. So I don't know. It's just, I think it makes sense for us to go out there and to, to sign up and, and droves. And if you want to make change, you got to do it from inside. Only way you can do it from inside is having a random chain, random group of people going in there, a bunch of us going in and saying, we're going to sign up now and you'll see all those rules from NRA been fighting will change because they're going to be like, no, it's not, it's not what it was for. It was not for you, but now it is. Um, so here's one that I found. It's called the Black Gun Owners Association. Um, and they have gun clubs all around the country. You can actually go to their website and find out where um, they have a gun club near you. And they actually do all that educating. And I think they are looking at themselves as kind of like a, a black option for like comparable to the NRA. You know, you also got NAGA, NAAGA. Um, 
that's the one that I've known the most about. And that's supposed and to be even then doing stuff here in South Florida, I found there's one well, it's it's strictly for women, um, a women's gun club, um, but it's minority owned. So as a black woman owns it. Um, so again, they they there's stuff all over the place. Again, but a lot of times, again, growing up, I was around guns. I didn't necessarily like them. Um, just because I saw a lot of stuff that was happening in the community and stuff like that. It was like, but again, I, I'm I'm at a different state of mind at this point. When like like you, Brett said earlier, that maturation process, it, it brings on different things. And thinking about protecting yourself, protecting your family, protecting your property, and just being aware of what your rights are and how to protect yourself, because that is the key. And and not just going and just buying a gun just to have a gun now. Like that's not that's not the end all to be all, right? You really have to understand what you're doing and what legally what's going on. Is there have so, you guys heard or seen of a place where you can go to understand and learn all your rights. I think that a lot of the problem is that, not a lot of problem, but a lot of the times we can't communicate if we're being stopped or asked questions. We don't know the law enough to communicate the exact words to say that could diffuse any kind of concern because you're like, well, according, I saw a bunch of videos where there was someone in a public place so forth and he was able to call say, I don't want to speak to you. You are here. I need to speak to your supervisor because just and there's all kinds of rules that I was just surprised that didn't know. But where do we find resources to do these things and kind of dig deeper and go? Here is here's your rights. Here's what it is. So I think those different gun associations would be a great resource. Um, just browsing the NAGA website, you know, they talk about various educational and training programs. Um, I just took a gun class, gun training class here in DC um, to get my license for Maryland, DC. Um, you don't need one for Virginia, apparently. Um, but that class is where I learned a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, Art, as far as your interaction with the police, how to carry your gun, how to drive, how to uh, transport your gun, what mm -hmm. the police can and cannot do once they, you know, mm -hmm. stop you, you know, keeping the scope of the stop on whatever it is they stopped you for so asking them or when they ask you do you know why i pulled you over not offering any information no i don't know why did you pull me over well you ran a stop sign back there oh okay sorry i ran a stop sign can you let me keep the conversation on that stop sign not you know letting them search the vehicle there's no probable cause for any of that type of stuff if they ask you any questions you just redirect for the purpose of the stop because at that point in time that's all this arrest quote unquote is for um but i highly recommend you know getting in contact with any you know association gun club or whatever to get that training class because it's a lot of information um a lot of good information especially on guns themselves like i had no idea and yes i, I had shot a gun a couple of times before but the class just takes it to an entirely new level and then you get almost the benefit of the doubt once you have your gun license because of the vetting process, or at least that's the way it was explained uh, to us when we were in the classroom. So you have preference as a business owner, you can get a gun or whatnot. So the, the classes, you know, they're there. Um, I know of a really good instructor here in the DC area or whatever that um, we took the class with. And then I'm sure the resources out there, I mean, we can do some research and put it out there for folks. Yeah, we actually um, have a person, Brett, um, another another cane 
uh, that could come in and actually talk and educate about this. We used to call her, we used to call her Laura Croft Easy. back when we were all in school. That's even more Tomb exciting. Raider. Yeah. Easy. Well, let's set that up, man. We're going to bring, who, who are we talking about? I thought about that the other day when I saw uh, that commercial she put out. We're talking about Tiffany Johnson. Her name is TJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ. Yeah, we'll reach out to her. I had no idea. She's going to the states doing classes. Yeah. No idea. I mean, I, I, I knew she was she was all encompassing and she was obviously a bright genius, but didn't didn't know that side. But it is Tennessee, so I guess she she wouldn't know. No, what I, all right, when I tell you in Miami, if you saw TJ outside after she graduated, she was probably carrying. Yep. You just didn't know. Wow. And he says she I, I found that out one day. He does travel, yeah. Hmm? Yeah. She's doing classes in the state, and she's in, in Tennessee right now, but she's actually traveling a couple other states she was putting out there. Yeah. Uh, is it Georgia she's going to? I'll check. I think it was Georgia. Georgia or Texas wanted to someone like that. I think she had been to Texas. Somebody asked she was, when she was coming to Texas said she had already been there, but I, I'll check. I'll send it to you, Art. Yeah, if it's here, I, I'm definitely going to go for sure. Yeah, but she she was most likely strapped. <laughs> I, I learned that one. <laughs> now, Carol, you um you got your permits and everything up there in Chicago? Uh, no, my permits have um, expired. I need to do something. I have mine in Jersey, but no, uh, you no longer in Jersey. But you in good Jersey. old Glen Toton, GA, man. Get you a yeah. AR- I gotta, yeah, I gotta get a new one here. here. I, I got you, it. You I never used it. You're in Georgia. You once you become a resident, you're open carry state. You don't even have to get concealed. Mm-hmm. Uh, if yeah, you want to you carry, you're open carry. It's just limitations. You still got to read the law, of course. But yeah, Georgia yeah. open carry. And you um, just at the beginning of all this stuff, and I went. I went and got mine here in Florida. Really. I thought you had yes, the licenses and stuff because I know in Maryland you can't even purchase without that uh that HQL. So she is part of uh, she's part of a bunch of things, man. Um onlinepermitclass.com. I'm gonna check that out right after this. Rangemaster.com, frontsitepress.com. Citizensafety.com is the one that she's um, doing and traveling, teaching people about, you know, all things Second Amendment, I think, and yeah, rights and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Definitely. We got to reach out to TJ, get her on the show, man. For sure. There it is. So before we wrap this thing up, uh, Arts Corner is coming up next, and then I got Coach K, I'm sorry, Morpheus. Uh, it's going to close the show for us. It's going to take a while to get used to that, man. Yeah, that's okay, man. You know, it, it takes time. It's all right. It might not even stick. You know, we'll just roll with it. <laughs> there it is. Before we get to Arts Corner, I want to remind everybody, you can get this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, the videos on Vimeo and YouTube. And you can definitely reach out to us on all social media platforms at 13th Floor, please. Uh, Faison, what you got this week, man? Arts Corner. Man, I... Uh... No, I took some time and I was thinking about just taking things for granted, taking family for granted, taking friendship for granted, um, and, and, and parents, 
uh, a friend of mine, you know, talking about their their father um, having a stroke and them talking once a week or once every other week um, to going from talking to every single day. Um, take the time out just to reach out to those you haven't talked to in a while. Um, again, we talked about earlier uh, about kind of going back and forth and understanding the process, but it's not about that. You have to be able to just reach out and hear and be a good friend, even if you're not, you know, cold switching for a mindset, but you're just talking to an old friend. Doesn't mean you, you've lost contact or grown them. You have certain things that where you were, that connected you before and don't lose that. For your parents, just be able to, to look back and hear stories. You know, sometimes we think about our parents and we're like, oh man, this conversation's gonna go on forever. But those conversations bring them joy and that conversation can actually make your life just more fun and you can hear things and laugh. So take some time out just to reach back out to those broken connections and then spend time with those who you really love and care about who you haven't talked to. Um, not And because you're too busy, but find time. There's always time for a meeting something else so put on your schedule a meeting to conversate with somebody that's it yeah man we talked about it before on the podcast um and as we get a little bit further away as restrictions are lifted and until they aren't anymore but that physically distant socially connected piece um you still got to make time for that for your loved ones your folk and even just like you said not taking for granted this time or getting caught back in the rut of life. We were talking about a little bit, I guess, in the pre-show and how we got to remind, or I have to, I have to physically remind myself not to let um, that type of thing happen where you get, you know, just running and going and going and not really appreciating the things around you or taking enough time to, you know, spend with those uh, that you love, your family, your friends and reaching out and stuff. So yeah, be present, be present. Morpheus, take us home. Yeah, before I do that, I'd like to remind the people that you can hear this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Vimeo, YouTube. You can catch clips on IG and Facebook. Just wanted to remind you of that. Now I'll take it away to the end there, Brett. Yeah, so I think I just want to tell the people that now is the time to you, you really want to understand your surroundings and the people around you. Because if things do hit the fan, if we do end up in a civil war, who can you really depend on? Who's really going to be there with you ready? And you need to start taking inventory of those things. What are your strengths? What would you do if such a thing happened? What are your weaknesses? What, 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 what would be the things that would expose you to danger what about the people around you nobody's talking about it but if you haven't loaded up on not just weapons but you also need to think about do you have enough water to survive if you had to lock down your house do you have enough um uh perishable goods not perishable non-perishable non-perishable goods uh do you have your medications or do you think that you're always gonna be able to just run down the street and get what you need. This is the time. Who, who knows? Nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows, but are you going to wait until people say to get ready? We didn't have toilet paper just because <laughs> they said COVID-19 was here. So imagine if something was to really pop off, what wouldn't be available? What wouldn't you be able to get? Those are the things you need to be thinking about. I know you're going to hear this and you're going to be like, man, this dude is crazy. What is he talking about? But 
Now was the time. Do it now. It's, it's hard to find ammunition already. So just imagine. You, you, I mean, and listen, too. A, a gun with no ammunition is useless. <laughs> it's a paperweight. You can hit somebody with it if you get close enough, but guess what? They probably got bullets. So <laughs> They probably got bullets. If, if you haven't taken your weapons out in who knows how long, you should check it. You should make sure it still works. Some of you just got closet jewelry, cabinet jewelry. Wow. You should check it. I'm trying to get back to the range now, man. I had a good time out there. Thank you all for listening with us here on the 13th floor, ladies and gentlemen, where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Welcome to where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views, they are amazing. Amazing. Amazing.